We read, Michael read from Luke chapter 5, and uh, as you might have seen on your outline, on your WhatsApp, one word for all, one word for all, looking at today from our text. And um, now it's great to be back again um, in the pulpit, like it's a privilege to be able to share the word of God as we do fellowship on this Lord's Day morning. And uh, as I mentioned before, we do appreciate it more than ever with the things we've been through with restrictions and and what others are not able to do at all, like in Victoria and meeting together like this. And, and uh, you know, this is the day we sing, the Lord has made, this is the day our Saviour rose again. And uh, we know this is a day in the early church the disciples and apostles met on the first day of the week as in the early days there. And so, um, you know... It's good to be able to proclaim the message um, of God, you know, from from this pulpit, as it, it, it is done many hundreds of times. It has been, and and you know, and I hope that we'll never get over, you know, the thrill of 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 it going out, the message of the gospel, and because you know, after all, when we think about it, uh, we are filling a prophecy of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, every time that we preach the gospel here and and wherever, and witnessing and. And, and sharing with children, or and so, you know, and when you think more than that, we are directly responsible, you know, to God every time um, it's heard, and and I hope that um, we, like children, can be each time still rejoicing in the awe and wonder of of God's love and His power in 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 that work in that finished work as we've just sung of the old rugged cross and so hope pray that we'll never get over it uh in as as we know as the joy of our salvation and like unfortunately uh we, it seems like so many christians do and and we just want to uh look at that and See, the Lord has led me to a passage. Um, it's well known. You probably recognise it as, as Michael read through it this morning. And where we can, when looking at these points, we can witness how much simple obedience can take part, we can take part in through simple obedience in the great excellence and beauty of the power of God's word. A simple action of a very familiar talent known to Peter in his daily occupation of letting over the net in a boat. And this t- time, what we need to notice, it's done in God's way, in God's time, which is not usually our way uh, or, or our timing because our ways are not God's ways, neither his thoughts, our thoughts, we know from Isaiah 55. So with that in mind, he did let down the net. And as you read, at thy word, he said. Peter was, you know, he was engaging in the greatest principles which rules over all creation and our continued existence, everything that exists. And, you know, this is the strongest force known to man, at thy word, and uh, the word of power, the word of God. It controls the universe in all its magnificence and order, as we see each day. And Psalms, Psalms 33, verse 6, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth the word of his power. And so as the heading is one word for all, see there is one God, there is one word we have. There is one saviour, there is one gospel. And do you know, this is for all, for everyone. 
regarding everything at every time. And always we see his power, his knowledge in all places, everywhere present as we think of God's attributes. And so one word for all, let's start with our first point. And just looking at the last part of five, the end of verse five there in chapter five, and when Simon is answering the Lord Jesus, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And I want to look, first point, the everyday activities of life that we are involved in. And, you know, whether that be continuing what God has blessed you in now, whether it be at work or in home duties or um, anywhere, in the, you know, in an honest employment or business of, of, of your day, what we need to realise, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 20 says, Let every man abide in the same calling wherein he was called. Many people today um, in their industry around us at this present time um, are in a great crisis and we're aware of that in globally. We're aware of that in Melbourne. It's, it's, it's terrible because especially if you've been in the hospitality business or the airline business or one of those businesses that involves a lot of people where you rely on a lot of people for your income. And so as we look at in our text this morning in the present trying crisis here in verse 5, many people would be half ready to throw in the towel, you know, because you have toiled all night and you have taken nothing in. And so they would give up. Now, truly, just even recently, the financial darkness has lasted long and does not yet seem to be much light at the end of the tunnel, as it were. And, uh, and you know what? We're going to feel the ripple effect of this in time to come and if we're not feeling it already, just with how things have changed. And they're calling it the new norm. And, and, and so Romans twelve seventeen, as we encourage ourselves and comfort ourselves in the word of God, the end of Romans twelve seventeen says, tells, it explains to us that when we are so tried, we need to continue to be diligent in your business, in our business, because it says, still provide things honest in the sight of all men. And a lot of the scriptures was written in the midst of suffering or imprisonment. And so these words come to us, and um, not Romans, Paul, uh, they and so Romans twelve seventeen labor on in the hope, and like I think of Paul in prison in Philippians. What did he say? We have that beautiful verse in four four of Philippians. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. And that's a we learn that that, that dungeon, that cold, damp place, darkness was not very nice normally. And so we can do that in the living hope that because Peter wrote about that in First Peter in his epistle the one who we're talking about today, the living hope that we have by the power of God through faith, through the resurrection of Christ. And so, nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. We have great truths. And one of them, you know, thinking of Psalms 127.1, except the Lord build the house, they labour in vain that build it. And we need to realise also that the Lord has promised us many times that he will not forsake his people throughout scripture. And so let's think of the children of Israel, you know, when they were wandering in the wilderness and, you know, there was a cloud that the Lord had provided 
that would guide them by day and we know a pillar of fire by night. And we understand that when the cloud stopped and they were to set up the tabernacle and the cloud would stay over the tabernacle. And as we read in the book of Numbers that, you know, that cloud could have stayed maybe two days and moved on. It could have stayed a month or the scriptures say in Numbers a year, a long time. Well, it would seem like a long time, especially when you're living in a tent. And they would have stayed in their tents. At the commandment of the Lord, it says, they rested. At the commandment of the Lord, when the cloud moved, the Lord moved the cloud, they journeyed. And so when we consider this, God has placed us where we are right now. And we're not to move till his providence calls you. And uh, so let not despondency, because that's usually the thing that tends to tempt us to move or despair or depression, let it not drive us to anything that is rash or inappropriate because the Lord wants us to have a sound mind even during those times of uncertainty and crisis. And he encourages us how, to, as we see some principles here. So this message may be speaking to those also who are maybe out of work, which may be a situation of many and are searching for some employment where they can. Now, because they need, they need literally, legitimately to put bread on the table uh, for their family. As we are reminded from God's word, it is our duty as men to do that. But it's very trying, very trying times. What is doing our best? Remember, doing our best is unto the Lord to provide for your own household in this present health crisis that, you know, it's confronted many with serious consequences. So when we consider that, you know, there's been closures that affects all walks of life, you know, temporary loss of employment, loss of income uh, for many. So what is doing our best as Christians in these circumstances, biblically, uh, what we do see, it's to still remain active in where you are. So when we think of, um, like, Back in the day, if I can use this illustration, before we had internet, before they even had the modern transport we enjoy, if you were looking for a job, you would go around from door to door offering your services. You'd go around the city you were in or the region until literally your feet were blistered. And we still have people today dropping their resume in the front desk where I work. They still do that because they, they want a bit of a personal touch to their introduction. And... and uh, and otherwise, people just send them online, their resume. And what... Um, but, okay, you've done that for a week, you've done it for a month, and you just can't find nothing to do, nothing that... that, that well, maybe you get to the next Monday and what we're not to do is sit at home downheartedly and say, I will not try again. Let's apply this text... And uh, to this, what is a painful trial? Uh, let's apply it in hope, saying, like with Peter, nevertheless, at thy word, like we have, well, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And let the world see that a true Christian is not so easily driven to despair. And they might inquire of how that is possible. And everyday life is the true place in which we can prove as believers the truth of godliness, regardless of the circumstance. And so we see 
why Peter has written in his first epistles to suffering believers, how they were able to be comforted, James, to suffering believers, and they were able to encourage them to the joy in the difficult circumstances that were fa- they were facing. And they were much more serious than what we're facing now and what even Peter was dealing with right here in this text. And so, again, I mentioned we've just finished quietening a noisy soul. And Jim Berg takes you through um, verses of Scripture that he encourages us to learn and meditate on when crisis comes it's about really knowing God knowing his attributes his virtues having a greater knowledge of God through learning scripture who God is and what he has done for us and how when we meditate on that and study that and like after memorizing it we can really um, be promised with what the Bible says a peace that surpasses all understanding because we can trust in him and uh, so as Peter did and he was rewarded greatly as we'll see it's not by doing even the extraordinary works you know but as that attitude is unto the Lord whatever you do and in your in our ordinary lives as a believer and um, you know and we know that and his faith will be honored our faith in that in the world and God's word um, and by and at God's word, we can hold on to the end. And I just want to read some points some commentators made just in regarding this first point in the everyday activities of life. How many of us, if we had fished all night and caught nothing, would probably be selling our nets, not washing them and getting ready to go out again? And see, true fishermen don't quit. And uh, and again, quote: We must not abruptly quit out the callings wherein we are called because we have not the success we had first hoped for. And also on Tuesday nights we've been looking at Old Testament characters and we've just looked at Elijah and just after his great victory on Mount Carmel, defeating the prophets of Baal, he gets quite depressed. He's had this great victory and we've just been looking at um, his despair. And But what we see there, God does not expect success... Um, but rather faithfulness to his word. And so and that was taken off First Corinthians chapter four, verse two. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. So Christians must never be idlers. We're starting to see that. And this is why Christ singled out fishermen in his first choosing of his disciples. We can see that. They were industrious, they were most diligent in their business and often met with disappointments. And, uh, you know, this reminds me, you know, of our farmers also. They have courage and daring they need to be and they need to be very patient and determination to work on the seas or on the land. And, uh, you know, you need a great deal of faith. And, you know, putting the net over the side of a boat or your hand to the plough... You know, Peter was engaged in his ordinary employment, and but doing it at thy word. Our nets, that is our obedience, can be filled with fruitfulness if we do it God's way. And so the principle here um, is what we're seeing is motion. And so I thought this was a good illustration. I read it in a book. Like a rudder on a ship, on a large ship, It can only steer a large ship when it is moving forward. And so, and uh, God, commentator, quote, God guides men when they are in motion. 
And so because I read that, I quoted it end of quote. So Luke 17, 14, and this is a good one because it's in Luke. Luke seems to be very uh, practical looking at these um, practical side of obedience. The ten lepers in 14, I just want to read verse 13 and 14 of chapter 14 of Luke and let's see this principle of motion. Um, 17, I'll get there, chapter 17 verse 13 and 14. It says, and these are the ten lepers when they saw Jesus, they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves under the priest. And it came to pass, as a bit of time, that as they went, they were cleansed. So, you know, notice it wasn't until, in verse 14, they went. They started moving forward. The motion of, you know, they were cleansed. They were healed. Their faith that healed them was in the motion of moving forward at the word of the Lord. So everyday activities of life is a true place where God has placed you and me in which to prove the truth of God's word and bring glory to God. And so we as Christians are to model God's high standards of morals as well as the graces of God by moving forward and not giving up. And as the word and as the Lord bids us through his word at thy word, let's uh, work on this with our mind because that was one of the verses that was one of the main verses that Jim Berg focused on in how um, important the mind is in controlling our actions and that was Philippians 4 8 finally brethren whatsoever things are true whatsoever things are honest whatsoever things are just whatsoever things are pure whatsoever things are lovely whatsoever things are of good report if there be any virtue and if there be any praise think on these things and that will guide our hand because we um in what we've been thinking about and look and and look to him the lord for his for the blessing and you know you might if we do these things as we see here we might have the best business day of our life the best rewards of our life as the word of god speaks to you at his word let down the net once more even when it seems hopeless even when it seems not possible wait on the lord he may intend to bless you largely bless you in the midst of the trial of your faith that you're dealing with now now these applications we have that i've mentioned they 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 can apply to every area and every relationship of our life especially maybe the one of raising children that's a big one and um you know the hard labour of raising children joyfully, but you may not have succeeded yet. You may feel that you've not succeeded yet and you may find feel it's just not going well, whether it be Sunday school, youth clubs, trying to impact the knowledge of God through you know teaching them the word of God and you're praying that these children will be moulded, the youthful mind will be moulded aright in their innocency and often you know often we may find ourselves baffled at, at, at things not working out the way we hope but if it is our privilege to teach we must not let anything overcome us and overwhelm us in Colossians 3:23, and whatsoever ye do do heartily as to the Lord and not unto men I often remind myself of that verse at work when it gets tough do it as unto the Lord. Yes, we're respecting, as we've learned 
from this pulpit in the last couple of weeks, those of our masters and, and, and doing it. Um, but if we're doing it as unto the Lord, they're going to be greatly blessed by our service. And uh, if we cannot fight the common battles of life, you know, in the shallow water, as that was at first command, as we'll look at again in a minute, if we cannot fight the common battles of life with grateful hearts of thanksgiving and everything give thanks, as we know in the scriptures, if we cannot do this to the Lord, we're not going to we're not going to be counted worthy to serve the Lord as we would wrestle with or even identify the spiritual powers of wickedness and darkness in the deep waters of our faith as the devil is trying to slow us down more because we're starting to grow, which is our second point. So to contend for the faith, to defend for the truth, we want to be able to do that in deep waters. So may the grace of God, according to his word, once more, we just go forward. We go forward. And, and like Peter say, I will let down the net, Lord. Have faith in God. Let me finish this point, this first point of the everyday activities of life from 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. So secondly, the endurance of spiritual growth. And... Uh, Firstly, I've got four points I just want to go through. And firstly, it's just we cannot grow in the Lord unless we're saved. So I just want to speak to the unsaved, you know, right now. And, you know, those that have been coming to this church, those that go to other churches and, and you know, a great many times and earnestly, maybe they've even, maybe they're almost persuaded and they've even prayed as as in the hope to find true salvation that um, maybe the next sermon would Come alive to them. and and But all I can say in regard to that, I fear for your stalling. You are piling up, as the word of God says, more wrath for yourself un- against the day of judgment in your accountability, in your increased knowledge of God. So all we can say, at this, even at this church, in what we believe in, according to thy word, the way of salvation is open to you at this very moment. Acts 16.31, we sing it at Sunday school. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Now, I would earnestly invite you at the word of Christ, believe and live. Let down the net once more, but let it down this way. Say, my Lord, I believe. Help me in my unbelief. Submit yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ, as we know, through repentance. And that is turning from yourself, turning from your idols, to turning to returning to the true and living God. And beseech him, you know, even now at this moment, through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And and this net is the net of a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. And God says he will not despise. And you will be heard with this net of brokenness and humility before the Lord and there is plenty of fish waiting to be taken we know in the net of faith and so but secondly I want to speak to believers in the next four points and I want to encourage each of us and those you know who have been letting down the nets in persistent in begging prayers and I I I really appreciate and respect people that pray for a long time for a certain situation and or for the conversion of a relative or praying long, you know, which they think to be good in accordance to the will of God. And so after long pleading, years, even decades we hear, and uh, and in the night with tears and 
this, you know, their spirit. Your spirit has been sad, maybe, and you see nothing happening, and you know we are tempted and to not offer that prayer again when things uh, go a bit not the way we'd like to, and they go even worse. And so, you know, we're tempted to stop that prayer of supplication, that prayer of petition anymore. And at Thy Word, at Christ's Word, we can be encouraged because. Like again in Luke chapter 18 verse 1 we read of the parable of the persistent widow and how that is taught by Luke that men ought always to pray and not faint and how that is a beautiful parable and at Christ's word we're just in the bottom of our bulletin you'll see the verse 1 Thessalonians 5.17 Pray without ceasing and let down the net and pray again simply because as we see Jesus bids us and so continue in prayer and who knows, you know, at this very time you may meet with success and answer to those prayers um, just around the corner. But sometimes, generally as we read testimonies, a lot of prayers are answered after the one who prayed for so long after they passed and then the stirring of the heart in the one who was being prayed for uh, seems to be moved and it's we hear that often but sometimes it's before that but... Um, so thirdly uh, maybe we are searching in, in the trial for a comfort for a promise from scripture a good word from God to keep us to strengthen us through whatever that trouble circumstance is and you know I love this schools this is a quote quote schools of such fish are around your boat the sea of scripture is full of them so I thought that was a good end of quote. Fish of promise, but you seem not to be able to catch one of them. Nevertheless, a very biblical word in the King James Version of the Bible, nevertheless, try again. The net God would have you to use this time would be um, go home, pray to the Holy Spirit, search the scriptures and ask the Lord to give you understanding in your heart by faith. The Lord would open your eyes to that truth. And uh, it may not be what we want or like too. And, uh, but may we receive through that answer to prayer a larger blessing than you know our mind can fully contain that word, the peace that passes our understanding, our comprehension. And so, And then maybe in our case our net will break Album net will break through the joy, the overflooding joy, the peace, the comfort and understanding it brings. And we'll be able to say, as the psalmist says in Psalms 23, by the goodness of God, my cup runneth over. So fourthly, maybe you have been labouring to increase something that is lacking in your faith. And that is a prayer we can pray. Help me, Lord, increase that which is lacking in my faith. We're desperate to conquer maybe a besetting sin to, you know, maybe to want to exercise a more disciplined faith and uh, to manifest maybe more zeal for the Lord in, and to be more useful for the Lord. But we've not yet gained our desire. We just struggle with apathy. We struggle with discipline. We struggle with um, different things. And so maybe unbelief in certain areas too, in letting go. Now that we know from the Word of God that our mind can be renewed. It can be trained to know and prove by his graces that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Romans chapter 12 verse 2. We don't have to despair. 
we can overcome, we can conquer, and what a joy that is when we do. You know, it could be that neglect, that I say this from experience, you know, I when I preach this, that that unbelief of ours, you know, the God has exposed. And we can let down the net by faith and receive with gladness God's divine help and enable. His, that's his, what his grace is. His divine help, his enablement. We learnt that on Sunday school in Quietening a Noisy Soul. And that can be ours for the rest of our lives. So, And fifthly, the last one in the second point, are you just seeking to know a closer presence of fellowship with Christ? And this should be the desire of all our hearts. Are you yearning, as the hymn writer wrote, face to face I shall know him? And um, do you wish to be consumed with his passion and loving kindness? And have you cried out, but it, it may have seemed in vain? Then what we're encouraged to do, again, simply is cry once more at his word, at thy word. Philippians tells us to press toward the mark. And press forward once again. Let down the net once more. God, help us by your gracious spirit to carry out from day to day, every day. Just in closing this second point, now I want to share a part of a prayer from the missionary, Jim Elliott, that was in his diary. It was his wholehearted quest to keep letting down the net for Christ to rescue the perishing. Father, let me loose my clutch on everything temporal, my life, my possessions. Lord, help me release the tension of my grasping hand. Open it as Christ was opened to receive the nail of Calvary, that I might be unleashed from all that binds me. God, saturate me with the oil of the Spirit, that I may be aflame. I seek not a long life, but a full one like you, Lord Jesus How long dare we go on without passion and love? Not long, I pray, Lord Jesus, not long. Now, most of us know Jim Elliot died as a martyr while he was striving to reach the Orca Indians with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there were four other men with him that were helping him, that they were working together. And so um, this leads us to our third point the essential service of his will. And this is what we would call the chief application um, of this text because the essential, we've heard that word much, haven't we, essential services, and the essential service of his will. And as we are challenged by the preaching of God's word from you know this very pulpit and you know as we are convicted also by the devotions we go through each morning and as we read, you know, the biographies and the autobiographies of missionary greats over the centuries, we should be able to answer this question of what is the life business of every Christian? And simply, is it not soul winning? That's what we see. That's what we um, are commanded. We know from Scripture. And God has left us, and we've heard this before, he's left us here on earth to glorify him by being instruments he uses to bring others to faith in Christ. And again, otherwise, you know, we would or we should have we would have been caught up to heaven at our salvation, but we weren't, because there is a work on earth to be done. And this is going to be very beneficial, you know, that that our staying here as believers saved, 
um, by the blood of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ, is going to be very beneficial for many wandering sheep. And, you know, all we like sheep. We all, we should appreciate this as we may never have returned to the great shepherd and bishop of our souls, that is the Lord Jesus Christ. We may have never responded if no one made it their life business to search us out with the gospel. So we can certainly praise the Lord for that. That's one of our things we can be really thankful for. In our text, because at the um, end of verse 10, we read where the Lord Jesus says, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And it is called catching men. Certainly uh, a very powerful illustration of what they'd been doing, catching fish in his occupation. And so, And that's where we can generally catch men in our occupations because that's where we build the relationships. That's where the responses and the testimonies are seen by others because um, letting down the net of the gospel. So what is the gospel net? And, well, you know, it's just telling out the story of the love of God to men in Christ Jesus who is the only one righteousness of God. He's the only righteousness of God. So what we see, we need to understand, there is no new gospel has been committed to us by Jesus and he has authorised no new messages. Yes, there are many means, as we're using today, of um, many through technology, many means of sending that message out, but it is only one message. And... Uh, Our Lord has called all of us to the work of proclaiming the free pardon, the forgiveness through his blood to all who believe in him and um, and, and, and to all the unsaved to believe in him. So can we understand why so many churches are turning apostate in these last days? Because we're hearing the cry loudly. They're saying, you ought to advance to higher than mere simple, clear, easy doctrine of free grace. You need to step above that and give your people something more in keeping with the progress of the times. And so if we do what Jesus bids us, then we're going to be able to do what we read in Psalms and in the Old Testament. Psalms 51, we know that one. Psalm of David, his penning it, his prayer of crying out for forgiveness from the Lord. Especially in verse 13 and 14 when we read, we teach transgressors thy ways. After we're restored back to the Lord and we have the joy of our salvation restored, we're able to teach transgressors thy ways. We're able to witness them and tell them of their guiltiness before a holy God, their offence to God. And we are, when we do that, when we share the gospel with them, of um, telling them of the free grace that is available through the cross of Christ in believing in the death and burial and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, we are actually delivered from blood guiltiness. It says that in verse 14 of Psalm 51. And we read that also in Ezekiel, the watchman. If he doesn't warn the people of the coming enemy, they're guilty of the blood of the people that are killed. And we're guilty if we have the opportunity and if we don't, like Peter, take it straight away at thy word. And so that is quite an um, awesome responsibility and, and accountability we have in our witness as believers. So, you know, as we read, sharing the gospel is referred to in the New Testament and the Apostle Paul uses it as the foolishness of preaching. And um, this message, this, 
this message and it seems foolish even to many churches now as I mentioned before that have come apostate and will become but it's going to become the great wisdom of God it is the great wisdom of God whether it be here on earth when those who believe will see God's wisdom in it or even the unbelievers that never repent and, and call it foolishness to the days of their death at the great white throne judgment We're told that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. And so there's an illustration. I like this one. It's sort of stuck. Our gospel swords are rusty, right? Today, because we're afraid of man, of calling us a fool. But that accusation, like rust on a sword, will wear off as you use the weapon in the battle for souls. And that happens when you use a bit of material that's been sitting and rusty, the rust is worn off. And uh, so getting back to our text, I can only imagine fishing with nets um, is hard work, especially if you don't catch anything when no fish are caught. And I could only imagine Peter was totally exhausted when the Lord approached him. And so... We see Christ's first command in verse 3 to Peter. He got in the boat and he said to him, prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. Thrust out a little. And, uh, and what we do see in the next verse is that Peter is sitting in the boat now listening to a ser- sermon because Lord Jesus sat down at the end of verse 3 and he taught the people out of the ship because it was just nearly impossible before because it was the crowd. So now he's just able to do it. And so Peter's boat is being used as a pulpit. And he was blessed for that, as we'll see in the miracle, as we already have. And now what we need to realise is that if Peter had not obeyed this first small commandment, he would have never been able to participate. He wouldn't have participated in the great miracle that was about to happen. And every soul that the Lord saves is a miracle. And we don't want to miss out on that by in the small things of our faith that we don't obey, that God wants to use us in preparing us for the bigger things, the deeper waters. So here they are in the shallow waters. And what happens then? In Romans ten seventeen, it says, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So Peter's hearing the word of God right there in front of him. And the Lord Jesus is now going to give Peter an opportunity to exercise his faith in the word. And what does he say? Launch out into the deep, in verse 4, and let down your nets for a draft. Launch out. Well, we don't know what Peter was thinking at that point. Remember, he's very exhausted. He's, he's, um, he's got to pack up his gear and wants probably to go home and sleep. But, you know, the Lord usually told us what usually his enemies, what they were thinking or what people were thinking, but we don't have that here. But could you imagine, what do carpenters know about fishing when the Lord requested this second commandment? Fact is, the fact was, you caught fish at night in the shallow water, especially with nets, not in the daytime in deep water. So this is totally contrary to training and experience and But we can praise the Lord. This is not what we read. Peter was not held back by carnal reasoning. So Peter obeyed. And uh, so the key was his faith is in the word of God, all right? Submitting to the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
So even though he did not understand all that the Lord was doing, see, what we need to remember, the crowd is still sitting on the bank. They're still watching or standing on the bank, watching what's going on. We never know who's watching also, even in the little things or where we think we might be alone. When Christ commands, the most unlikely time is likely. And the most unpromising places can become a field wide under harvest. Peter let down the net personally, as we read there at the end of 5. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Peter let down the net and he did it at once. And as soon as they had launched out into the deep, we see him responding to this command, taking action. And I, you have, when you read these things and write these things down, you have the thongs, usually choruses from Sunday school, which we hope, Lord willing, we'll be singing soon again. I will obey the first time I'm told. I will obey right away. And uh, this is, you know, important because we may never have another opportunity. That opportunity could be lost. You know, it might only be two minutes. You know, we could be distracted and something else could happen and we could lose our zeal. It may have evaporated or our life may be over. We don't know. We see to it that Peter, however... All right, now the other thing I want to look at, he only let down one net. In verse, at the end of five, see that? I will, it's singular. I will let down the net. And what did Jesus, the Lord Jesus ask in verse four? Nets, plural, many nets. So we have a little bit of a shame here because there was a loss, all right? But Peter still obeyed. But And what we have from this one net is a broken net unusable net um, and the loss we can only imagine a fish of that first broken net if Peter now you're probably wondering well anyway okay if Peter and Andrew and if John and James and all the rest had lay, let down their nets plural the result would have been much better now where do I get it why you might ask because you know verse 6 there was only um, only one net that Net was overstrained and it broke. Okay, we know that. And But, all right, I might say what if, but we see the result here. If all the nets had been used, which they eventually got into it when they were back and we see, but they might have been able to take more fish and the net would not have been broken. Now, where do I get this from? See, the Lord Jesus in saying nets, um, you know, let's think of this. Had there been many nets... And many boats, which they might have buoyed. Now, they do this today in the big fishing trawlers. They buoy up their boat with having arms out each side and they with, with the counterweight. And they do it on planes too. They put your luggage and you in certain positions to buoy the plane. It's very important, especially for a fishing boat, because what happens? It nearly sunk and it broke. And if they had... Have, um, and so what... The principle I'm getting to here, um, and I want to use a commentator's words, quote, multitudes of souls are lost to the blessed gospel because of our broken nets. And the nets get broken because we are not well united in his holy service. And by our unwisdom cause loss to our master's cause. Ministers need not become worn out with labour if all would take their share. 
One boat would not begin to sink if the other boats took a part of the blessed load. Now we know they all um, got involved and we know that all their boats were full. They, they were filling their boats. Um, not sure what's happening here. Normally you fill your nets and they, they bring them in and then they um, to shore. And, but, but just with that point, I thought that was interesting because we all can, like, yes, he individually laid the net down himself, but we all obey the Lord to his command individually, yes, but we work together as the body of Christ as we, as we see that principle in, in, in bringing souls unto him, each having a different ability, each having a different purpose um, in, in, in that. So with thinking this, um, he was humbled and they were all humbled and they committed their life to full service from that time. See, they had been with the Lord Jesus earlier, we see, um, in the Lord Jesus. Even right when John the Baptist was baptised, we know that Simon Peter and James, his brother, were disciples of John, and then they saw the Lord and they followed him. And and so they had, but they went back to their business until the Lord Jesus called them to catch men in his in this ministry and so and so they were humbled and and uh it and it should humble us and that's how the lord can work through um god giveth grace to the humble and so they forsook all and followed him so just in conclusion let's the way we've seen just in this short message in which to serve god is to do it at his word so we can pray, as others have prayed, that none of us sink into serving the Lord as a matter of just routine. Yes, routine is very powerful in our lives as we get things done, but it was very out of routine, this um, great blessing. And we need to be ready uh, at the Lord's beckoning when he calls us to do something, no matter how insignificant it may be at first, because we see the progression there in God preparing us for great things and being able to handle that. And even though then we still may make mistakes and not fully do everything, but the Lord sees our heart. And so may we never fall to serving him in our own strength in that regard. And must we must act at his word. So let us be willing to be under the orders of Christ, willing to endure under difficulties, willing to begin anew in, a ser- in his service, even from this very hour. And so let's commit our way to the Lord now um, as we close in prayer. Lord God, we thank you for your word and its power. And Father, we thank you that by your power you are able to separate the darkness from the light even in the beginning from creation and as we see this wonderful principle lord of separation of of evil from good lord darkness and light we're to be separate from the world and from its understanding and philosophies lord in how we are to do things and so we thank you for your way at thy word we can respond in obedience in what you have blessed us and equipped us and talented us in lord And we just thank you also for the gifts you've given us as we serve each other in this local church, Lord, and one another. And and as we are used by you individually, yet corporately together to bring them in, Lord, as we think. So we thank you and thank you that, and we do pray that you are satisfied in everything that we do is to your glory and praise.
And so, Father, we thank you for this testimony of obedience in ordinary circumstances that showed extraordinary results. And so, Father, we may not know the results of our ministries and our witnessing and our serving until we're in heaven, Lord, but help us. May we be found faithful and may especially at your coming, Lord, and when our time here on earth is done, Lord, we be found faithful, Lord. Help us to finish well, we pray, by your grace, by the knowledge of your power and great love and wisdom that we have meditated on and and just being consumed by, Lord, that we respond straight away naturally in the joy of our salvation, we pray. So we thank you for the hope that we have in Christ, in his death and burial and his resurrection, Lord, that we will be with you in heaven. And we look forward to that, Lord. In, be with us, go with us now as we go our separate ways. Bless the ministry tonight as we listen to Brother Ian minister the word, Lord. And we ask this now in Jesus' name and give you thanks. Amen.